this is our last in the series, that means he'll probably give me another one or two, probably, right? But as of right now, this will be the last one in our series of Mind Invaders 2.0. Well, here's, here's the deal, though. Please, uh, I, I want to lead into an understanding this morning. So before I get into the message, take a look at this. I got you each a gift. No way, Jesus. Why? Awesome. Well, I just love you guys, so I wanted to get you something. Oh, wow. So nice. Laura, you first. Wow, this is so exciting. Oh, will you look at this? A little eight-ounce can of Coke? This is perfect for me. I looked everywhere to find a gift for you, and this just seemed to fit. I love it. Drew? Yeah, your turn. All right. <laughs> no way, Jesus. Seriously? Oh, yeah. 20 ounces of Coke? Yeah, baby. Woo! This is awesome. Oh, Jesus, thank you so much. <coughs> Laura, we got to go show Richard our gifts. Come on. Okay. Hey, Laura, is there a problem? No. I mean, well... Yeah, kind of, you know, it's just that every time you give people gifts, you always give everyone else more than you give me. What do you mean? I mean, like, I open my gift and, oh, cute, eight ounces, and then Drew opens his gift and, hello, 20 ounces. Oh, I know what you mean. Well, that gift is for Drew. Well, that's what I want. Uh, go get it for me. Okay, if that's what you want. I got a liter. Whoa. I know it's one liter of God's sweet goodness. Jesus gave it to me. He did? Yes. Oh. Okay. You know what? You're going to meet somebody with a bigger bottle, and you are going to be so mad. Laura, check it out. I got an upgrade. Coke 3.0. That is awesome. I know. Well, isn't that just great? Yeah. Hey, Jesus, you rock. Yeah. Thanks, what Drew. What is wrong with you? Why are you holding back your best from me? I gave you my best. Don't you see what's happening here? You're letting everyone else's gifts steal your joy. Uh, no, Jesus, you are stealing my joy by giving everyone else more than you give me. Laura, I picked this gift out for you. That's what I wanted you to see. I don't care. Mm. Until you can look past this, all you're going to see is a can of Coke. Some of you are sitting up here saying, I've got kids just like that. So does God. That's just it. You know, it's interesting. We've been saying it all along. You can't have a positive life with a negative mind. This is the battleground. And we've talked about this from the standpoint that mind invaders are a negative pattern of thinking that's ingrained in us. It comes from so many different influences, so many different places. But still we embrace them, we hold them, and we choose to live with them. Let me just say here this morning as I get into this study that I, I, I want you to understand why or what's behind me doing what I've been doing over the past couple weeks. In, in launching out, as a matter of fact, I, I had Brother Tom go ahead and pull the, 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 the CDs that we did originally on Mind Invaders that goes into a lot of explanation of some things. But this 2.0 version of it is all about winning the war in your mind. That's what I'm trying to do over these sessions that we've been going into, that Mind Invaders, what, what, what we're dealing with here is winning the war in our minds. So I want to start out here this morning and talk about the reality of what Paul is talking to us about. As a matter of fact, he's writing this at the end of a chapter after sharing with them some very powerful things. And he's saying in here, in conclusion, he says, in conclusion, my brothers, fill your minds. Fill your, everyone say that with me, would you please? Fill your mind. Say it again. Fill your minds. Now, now turn at your neighbor and give him a snarl and say, fill your mind. Yeah, okay, that worked. Look at what he says. Fill your minds with those things that are good, that deserve praise, things that are Matter of fact, say these with me. 
true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. Wow, wow, wow. Now, I said this last week, and and I want to say it again today, and that is that one of the big differences in Eastern religion versus Christianity is that in Eastern religion, it teaches you to empty your mind when you meditate. Christianity says what? Fill your mind in your meditation. So Paul's saying here, fill your mind. Fill your mind. Fill your mind. Now, how many know that that pretty much covers it all? I mean, when he's telling us to fill our mind with things that are good, that deserve praise, that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and honorable. He says, fill your minds, for example, with those things that are praiseworthy, deserve praise. It's it's worth noting that what the Apostle Paul writes, you know, he's he's not writing this stuff at a beachfront condo in Cyprus. He, he's not at the Four Seasons Hotel at Rome. He was in a dirty, damp Roman prison. And what he's doing is he's reminding the believers to fill their minds with things that are good. And by the way, when, when you read this epistle, this letter to the Roman to the to Philippians, which which by the way pretty much is is an epistle of encouragement. He's writing this from prison. And 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 that's the same epistle, the same chapter here, only down in verse 14, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what that's called? It's called overcoming mind invaders. You're in prison. You're alone. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. I mean, you, you could be, you know, sulking there and, and, and complaining about things. But, but here he is a great example as he writes to us and says, fill your mind with good things. So I, Ask yourself this morning, and and just a simple question that I'd I'd like to begin with today. I I want you to ask yourself, don't go asking somebody else. I'm just asking you to do this with, you know, you. Ask yourself, am I filling my mind with a good? Am I filling my mind with things that deserve praise? I, 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 I took this and put it up on the screen, it's a, and it's on your papers there. It's a great quote. It says, keep your mind off the things you don't want by keeping it on the things you do want. I love that. Keep your mind off the things you don't want by keeping it on the things you do want. Hello? Turn to your neighbor and tell him, amen. We're in trouble. Now, in case no one ever taught you this, take, take this in, and, and I'm asking you to make note of it, because so many people make the mistake of saying things like, oh, I'm fighting against this thing in my life. I'm trying to overcome that. I'm fighting against, you know, being jealous. Now, the reason I put it that way is because the brain works in such a way that when you bring attention to something, it, it just thinks you want to keep focusing on that. So the, the brain, it's like, okay, what kind of jealousy? Who are you jealous about? It just keeps exploring what it thinks that you're looking for, which is why we say today the most effective remedy for bad thinking <coughs> excuse me, is fill your mind with good things. And when you fill your mind with good things, there's no space left for the other. Amen? It's like setting up what I call a a border patrol in your mind. You 
know, they're, it's, it's using what we call the verse of Scripture in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. <coughs> I called it in our last study. It's the same. It's called P48s, P48s. In other words, Philippians 4.8 that we just read. Look, setting up border patrol in your mind, starting with the mind, it, it, it's your mind, right? You just, you don't invite the garbage man to back up the garbage truck and to dump all the garbage in your living room, do you? What would you do if that's what he's trying to do? You would protect it. You would say, no, 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 not here, right? So creating a border patrol with Philippians 4.8 means to qualify the thought before you engage it. Is it good? Is this noble? Is this praiseworthy? Well, pastor, honestly, I think you're just being a little naive. We have to think about things, friend, that are not always the most pleasant things to think about. And as a result, Pastor, I think you're just being a little naive on that. No? How many know that you can think about some very unpleasant things at the same and at the same time engage yourself in Philippians 4.8? You've got the writer of, of Psalm 23, for example, who said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hey, friend, he's not ignoring the fact that he's on a dangerous walk and that there are bandits out there who are ready to take him down. He's not ignoring the reality. He's looking at the hills and he's searching and maybe he might even have a weapon or two to protect himself. But what he does is he shifts right over to the idea that I will fear no evil because you are with me and your rod and staff, they comfort me and you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup runs over. Actual goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you get it, please say I get it. So, Because what I want to do this morning is I want to give us four steps to overcoming mind invaders. Four steps that, that I want to focus on this morning. And I'm going to explain each one of them so that hopefully you understand this process. But I want you to hear me when I tell you the four steps that I'm giving you are meant to be done in three to five seconds. What I'm explain, what I'm going to explain them so that you, you know what the steps are. But whenever it's game time, friend, this week or next week or next month or any time in the rest of your life, because what this is to me is it's a powerful process, but you've got to move quickly and you've got to move mentally fast. In three to five seconds, you have to instantly shift your mind to the direction that you want it to go. When you are renewing your mind, you have to mentally move quick because your brain is wired to go automatically towards its biases. In other words, in the direction that it has been going. It just assumes that you want to continue to go. Last week we talked about, remember, neural pathways. And if you haven't heard that one yet, you, you, you need to. And, and you'll understand what we're talking about here. But your brain is serving what it assumes is your desire. It quickly, what it does is it jumps on board and your thoughts, they're gone. And it's off to the races. It, it, and it goes very quickly. So you literally have moments. You literally have seconds to jump off the train before it takes you to the usual place that it, you usually go and, and get, you need to get on a new train headed to a better place. I'm going to make a true confession. I'm going to confess my sin. You ready? Yeah, you are eager about this, aren't you? Uh, my wife will testify to this. 
I, I don't like it when people challenge me on the road. When I'm watching in my rearview mirrors, I come up to a light, and they come out from behind me and come up to the side to try to catch me when the light turns green. I don't like it if I'm doing at least the speed limit, and the person on the other side is coming up because he wants to, oh, that looks green, that looks green. Uh, my foot all of a sudden is so heavy. How many know that's a mind invader? Really, Pastor, it is? Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. But you know what? I've created a statement in my mind, and I make a shift to go there every time. Do I slip sometimes? Yeah, I fight battles just like you fight battles. But the majority of the time, my wife will hear me say something like this. It's not worth two seconds of real estate that I'll give up. Because you know what? I believe God has created things called red lights as the great equalizer. But seriously, I, I, I knew it was just, it was robbing. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't worth, you know, not happy wife, happy life, right? You know, it, it wasn't there. Hanging on. And I'm like, okay, this has got to change. So when somebody pulls up beside me, I think, yeah, they come up. I know what they're going to do, and, you know, I just proceed on. And I like to say that I'm cured, I've been healed, but there are times where, oops, <laughs> and she'll say something, and I'm like, oh, okay. But it's not worth the two seconds of real estate that you gain. It's... Uh, you have seconds to jump off the train before it takes you to the usual place that it would take you. So, ready? Four steps. And the first one is simply the word recognize. Recognize mind invaders. Recognize. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to recognize your own mind invaders. It's easy to recognize someone else's Mind invaders, hello? A mind invader is not a mind invader just because you say it's a mind invader. It's a mind invader whether you see it as one or not. A worried woman doesn't know she's worried. She says, no, I'm just concerned. Critical Carl doesn't know he's critical. He he says, I'm just telling the truth. Can we talk? We all got some issues going on, right? Turn, turn to your neighbor real quick and give him a great big wink. Angry Art says, well, you'd be angry too. Negative Ned says, I'm not being negative. I'm just being real. And what I've learned and what I keep telling myself and I want to tell you is that when you talk about being real, the good is as real as the bad. The blessing is just as real as the hardship. Now, don't get sucked into that idea that I'm just being real. No, you're being negative. This is where the battles are either won or they're lost in these moments. Your battle is won or lost in moments like that. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and, and you have had experiences, let's say, with the church. And those experiences are real. In other words, something happened in a church and you were hurt by it and you have carried that. You have focused on that. Let me, let me ask you, without you becoming angry at me, How's that working for you? How's that going to work for your children and your legacy moving forward? Y your brain is now, you know, it's, 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 it's going there. It's going there. It's going there. 
And everyone who takes the time to listen to you and everyone who ever talks to you about getting involved has gone up and, 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 and you know, and you've said, you know, well, let's just put it this way. You got your own story to tell them. They ask for your story. And you, you, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Because a crossroad like that is an example where we have the opportunity to say where we are no longer engaged or engaging a process. I mean, well, let me just back up a second. We, we get so bogged down in a mindset that has robbed us, that is taking us on that train, that as a result, you know, what we're doing is opposite of what the Bible talks about that we need to be in, which is called the process of renewing of the mind in order to be transformed. We all have had bad experiences, amen? But you might say, you know, I've had bad pastors. And I'd come back and say, well, I've had bad saints. You know, what do we want to do about that? Do you want, do you want me to, you know, what, what do you want me to do about it? Do, do you want me to quit? Do you, do, do you want me to throw in the towel? Do you, do you want me to get up here and preach to you every week out of my frustrations about them? No, you, you don't want that. So, so take a look at your life. Take a look at where you are and recognize that mind invaders are at work that want to hold you back. They want to defeat you. They want to keep you from God's very best in life. Even if all you've got is an eight-ounce can of Coke. Friend, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to live that way. See, the thoughts that hold people back create negative outcomes. The lady had an eight-ounce can of Coke. Personally, I don't think I could take 20 ounces of Coke. That stuff will get to you. But what I'm trying to point out is here that the thoughts that hold people back can create negative. Look, they, they are seen by us as not being such a big deal sometimes. Sometimes there's some parts that we don't think twice about as far as doing. And, 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 and we're saying, you know, except for, you know, what it really is. We're accepting it for what it really is. So, so you may be hanging on to the past, let's say, checking out of, of let's say, relationships because you're afraid. You're afraid of getting too close. And that's your story. You might be playing it safe and not realize that it's dangerous to play it safe, friend. You might be jumping to conclusions. You might be accusing people, judging people, and then attempt to feel better about yourself because of it. Does that mean you're a bad person? No. It just means you got stinking thinking. That you need a checkup from the neck up. It means your mind is messed up. And before you think I'm just being critical about you, I want to remind you that throughout this series, I have told you I have the same battle that you all have. It may look different. It may be a different nature, but I battle them every day. Welcome to the war. So don't sit on the sideline, friend. Don't get all comfy in your 16-gauge cushy pews that are there. Why do they call them pews, by the way? Pews, remind me. But I'll say it again. Don't sit on the sideline because this is your life. It's your future. It's, it's your legacy, for Pete's sake. You might have a poverty mentality, maybe a, a victim mentality. And if you can open yourself and make yourself vulnerable, you can raise your self-awareness and you can save yourself from sabotaging your own future. Well, Pastor, why, why are you throwing this in like it's a big deal? You know, a thought. 
Listen, you got it in your notes. Because thoughts become decisions. And decisions become behavior. And behavior becomes the habit. And the habits determine the outcome of your life. Somebody shout recognize. Mm. So, remember this has to happen fast. You have to be honest. You, you have to be to yourself brutally honest about that thought. To, to say, no, 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 not anymore, not here. Get that garbage out of my living room. You know, some people are going, well, you know, my dad thought that way. My grandpa thought that way. But I'm here to tell you, you're a new man. You're a new creation. God has something better for you, does he not? So first, recognize. And the second is reject. Can somebody shout reject? There, there you go. You see, the battle begins when we decide not to let just any old thought have access to our minds. So I want to take a look at a couple scriptures. First of all, Proverbs 23 there. For as he thinks in his what? So is he. Now I'm bringing this one up to specifically point out the word heart. The proverb again says that as he thinks in his heart. Because a lot of times what the Bible does is it says heart and what it's doing is it's a reference to the inner man. So, and as he thinks, reference that, it applies to your thoughts and your brain and your mind. Look at Proverbs 4 there. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Can you all say heart? Yeah. Now, now consider this First, since I've already shared it with you as far as the heart, because I, I wanted this all to tie together. Look at Mark. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. <laughs> so first of all, notice how strong and how intentional Jesus is here. Now, I'm not suggesting to you to go around calling people Satan, okay? You try that on your wife and you'll understand what I mean, guys. My, my point is, I want you to see how quickly Jesus rejects a thought. And what we have to do is, what I need to do here is explain this and, and go and, and to you as far as that Peter had picked up some information concerning adversity, concerning problems, whatever. And he was talking to Jesus, and he's trying to talk Jesus out of going where Jesus needed to go as part of his mission. So he said something that was not in line or alignment with where Jesus was going. And this is, this is what Peter got back. Get behind me, Satan. Now, Jesus doesn't say it. To the trees, he looks him square in the eyes. And then he qualified and said, what you have in mind, it's not the mind of heaven for my life. You picked up something, Peter, and I'm rejecting it. You see, what one person accepts, another person rejects. And your life will be defined by the thoughts you accept or reject. Hello? So you have recognized, you got reject, and the third is replace. This is, this is, this is where that, that uh, faith acronym that we talked about last week comes in. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and uh, so, so I just want to underscore it. Replacement, replacement, replacement. That's why it's so important to understand. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. Trust God in everything. Hope for the best. The hope is that you would memorize this, seriously. And at any given moment, in any day, you can talk to yourself. Focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. You can affirm yourself. 
Imagine God doing something good. It's not that you have to say this every time. The point is, right there in the moment, maybe you need to affirm yourself. It's there. I mean, that's the idea. You can bring it up. You can bring it out. Do you know that God brings to mind what we memorize? The Holy Spirit brings, brings that to mind, I find, when we need it the most. If we have it in our heart, you'll be amazed at how a verse will pop up. You'll, you'll be amazed how an acronym will pop up or, or how one sentence will pop up if you memorize it. The Holy Spirit, who is your helper, will bring it right at the moment that you need it to mind. He'll do that to help you redirect your mind to faith. So affirm yourself. I mean, you could be feeling down. You could be coming out of a conversation and feeling about as low as dirt as you can. You could be coming out of a conversation feeling low, been put down, and this, this could be the thing. Focus on the positive. Affirm yourself. And, and you just have to stop right there. And you know right there you have yourself a little build-up party going down. I am not a mistake. Right now I don't feel good about myself, but God, you made me like I am. And if I'm doing something wrong, God, you're going to help me get it right. I'm not going to dwell on uh, 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 my, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to dwell on the negative. I know, God, that you're in my life, that you are at work in my life. Affirm yourself. Affirm yourself. Imagine God doing something good. This is how it's meant to work in the replacement aspect of your life. This is one reason why I am such an advocate for parents. Parents, please hear me. Don't leave it up to other people to decide what's going to be in your children's mind. Be intentional to guide your children's mind in the ways and in the thoughts of God. Hello. Well, let me show you a verse of Scripture in Deuteronomy. It's in chapter 6 there in your notes. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your what? Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now, you might read that and think that's silly, and it might even seem extreme. That's okay. If that's how you see it when you first read it, but my direction, what I'm trying to show here this morning and what I'm trying to lead us in is to show you how intentional and how repetitiously God is telling his people to be. Because God created us with the most powerful mechanisms of our mind. They are meant to work for us, but they can quickly and very easily work against us. It's like a gun. It's like electricity. It's like anything that has power. If you don't handle it right and handle it well, it's going to hurt you. What God is saying here in this text is that my word is meant to be where? In your heart, on your mind, on your inner being. My word is not just meant to be in a book. A Bible that sits on your nightstand or on your end table. My word is meant to be in your heart. And secondly, he's saying, will you impress them on your children? Oh, and also, by the way, talk about them in the morning, in the afternoon, back in the evening. Well, <laughs> past my children would be bored. Find a creative way. They're bored by school too. 
but they get an education. And you want your teachers to do what? Find creative ways to help them learn. So he talks about them. If you talk about something, it gets embedded in your brain because your brain and your mouth is just sort of like a string that, you know, they work together. And, and, And then he says, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lay down, when you get up, talk about them. And you know why? Because repetition is the father of learning. It's the mother of education. It's the key to mastery. And when he says, tie symbols on on your hand and bind them on your foreheads, well, what you may not know is that he's referring to what's called a phylactery. It's a box that has the scripture inside the box. It's a Jewish custom. And, And here's the verse where it comes from. Now, I've seen this a number of times. As a matter of fact, recently, when I was, was flying back home a couple weeks ago, just in time to get snowed in, uh, <laughs> I watched there at the LaGuardia Airport Hasidic Jews. And they would go through this. And I mean, it would take them forever. They, they, they would tie a, 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 with a leather strap a, a, this, this box around their forehead. It would take them a while. Now, now, understand as I get into this, there was only two days a week that they didn't do this. Excuse me, five days a week, they would get up and boom, they would do it. They would do it throughout the day. They also would, would take and, and wrap around their wrist another one. And then they'd cross it across their heart. And the whole idea is they're saying, you know, thy word in my head, thy word in my heart. Very symbolic. And, and, and you'd see them over there going through their routines. And I was watching them there in the airport. I was waiting for the plane uh, because the pilot that was supposed to fly it evidently collapsed because he had COVID and they had to find another pilot to take over the plane. So I got to see something I wouldn't otherwise have seen. See, what God's doing here what this did, this, this phylactery, it was a constant reminder to them that I am committed to the ways of God. I'm committed to the word of God. God is my guide. It's not what people are saying. It's what God says that matters. They were physically putting. You know, actually what I'm, I'm, I'm doing, what I'm trying to do here this morning is trying to help somebody understand that just because, you know, that just coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's like sitting in a barn. Doesn't make you a horse. I mean, hear me because I'm appealing to you today. You know, I've tried that Christian stuff. Did you really? Because it absolutely works. It's powerful in in changing a person's whole life. As long as you have that word and you take that word and you learn that word and you use that word, can somebody say amen? Today, I, I believe that with all my heart. And, and I, you know, I'll be honest, I always struggle because I want to be an encourager. But I also know that there are times that I have that God, man, I don't like it. He knows it. All, but, but there are times that I, you get in, in, you get in your face. Somebody has to tell you the truth and take a chance, and maybe you'll get mad. But if it helps you. I know some of you have mind invaders that are getting in the way, and, and, and you say, I've, I've tried this, I've tried that. I've, I tried God, I tried. What I want you to understand is that God's word is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. It builds your light in an entirely different direction than the way the world thinks. The ideas of the world, the concepts of the world. And when you build your life on the promises and the precepts and the promises of God, you you are like a person building a house on a firm foundation. If you don't, you're going to be building your house on sinking sand, and everything else is sinking sand. Hello. If you build 
your life and you make it a point and you go, <coughs> excuse me, and you go to school, so to speak, you, you just don't take mind invaders like it's some cute little thing. You make it serious. Like the writer says, you bind it on your forehead and you place it in your heart. When you talk about it every day, when you get up in the morning and quote a scripture, that, that's why this last one is, is, is called retrain. Somebody shout retrain. Yeah, see, I, I wish I could give you a wristband this morning. I don't have them. And, but what I have, I know you all have, and so I would suggest it. It's called a rubber band. And, 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 and you take that rubber band and you just sort of put it on there. And you watch as your hand turns purple because it's too tight. No, but let me come back to something because those neural pathways will not change unless you make up your mind to interrupt and intercept in the moment. What you do is you pounce on it. That's what renewing the mind is all about. That's transforming your life. Whenever you're overcome, you need to take that and let it go snap. You go, ooh, yeah, because it's exactly what you need to do. Now, don't do it clear out to here, okay? Just, just enough to there. <laughs> and remind yourself instantly that God is with me. God is for me. God has a plan for my life. And it's all working out right now. God's got things in control, period. Ouch. Just wearing it's about reminding yourself, really. I mean, it can be anything. It can be a rubber band, it can be a string, it can be a... Just don't wear any socks on your hands, okay? That's, that's all I'm asking. Get something that will remind you. Look, it's not silly when it's your mind. Because your mind is your life. Get involved in the process. If you want fear to decrease and faith to increase, here you go. You say, not in my house, uh-uh. Not in my life, uh-uh. Not in my world, no fear. Only faith here in Jesus' name. Look, maybe you're engaged in a battle today. Maybe you're going, I'm going to say, Pastor, I'm fighting some stuff. I just, it, it's my, from one end to the other. And you know, some, some of you won't do this because you know why? Well, that's a mind invader called pride. How, how many would say, Pastor, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm fighting with some stuff. I'm fighting with an issue. I'm fighting with a mindset. I'm fighting with a problem here. I'm fighting with the way I think about things. Fighting the way I think about a person. This is about aiming higher. This is about elevating your notch each time. those of you who raised your hand, as a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you again. Would you just stand with me? I want to pray this over you. I want to bless you this morning. So would you just lift your hands up to him to receive of him, especially if you raised your hand this morning, if there's something I ask you, Holy Spirit, to be with us. And I thank you in advance for transformed lives. And I thank you in advance for, for men and for women who point back to this moment and say that it was this day that I really began to battle the things that have been holding me back. It was this day I declared war. It was this day I said, not in my life. 
not in my family, not in my marriage, not in my children. Thank you, God, for the victory. I thank you for the road ahead. I thank you for every time that we feel discouraged that you're going to be there to help us as we encourage ourselves and get back up. It's about believing you, God, for better things in our future. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I bless them. In Jesus' name, I bless them. In Jesus' name, let the eyes of their understanding be opened. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Can somebody say amen? I want to tell you that God created you to be in relationship with him. He's not condemning you for, for sin. He has not given up on you. Maybe you failed someplace. Maybe you've got a failure you're dealing with. He's not giving up on you. He knows that you are not perfect, which is why he sent his son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for your sin. He's not trying to get you perfect. What he wants is for you to turn to him and to put your trust in him. This is not about behavior modification. It's about learning or leaning in to the ways of God. It's about putting your faith and confidence in, in, in what he says about your life and about who you are. It's about rejecting all the other voices to hear his voice and to allow him to be the leader and the Lord of your life. I'm saying to you today that God has something planned for you. You are not an accident. You are a divine design. And no matter what has happened in your past, today is a brand new day of opportunity. If you receive this message today, I believe that God will give you a new beginning in your life. If you open up your hearts and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life, you will start to discover the plans that he has for your life. You'll start to grow in your faith, and your future will be different from your past. What I'm asking today is that you'll take that step that fresh step. I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me. I'm going to ask this whole house to pray this prayer. So if this is in your heart right now, I'm asking you to pray it with us as we pray together. Lord Jesus, welcome to my world. This is my day for a new start. Forgive me of all my sin. Come into my life and make me a new person. I decided today that I will follow you. I will do my best and believe you to do the rest. From now on, I belong to you. You are my leader, my Lord, and I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. Now let me just ask you this morning, if you prayed that prayer, if you prayed it the, for the first time and you said yes to Jesus, could you just slip up your hand right where you're at? That's you. You prayed that prayer. You said yes to him. You said, come in. This is a new day. That's you. We want to welcome you. We want to bless you. We want to somebody praise God. Can you do that? Recognize, reject, replace, retrain. You don't want to go around saying, oh, no, what you want? Glory. Recognize, reject, replace, retrain.
You go through the scripture and you watch how Jesus rejects thoughts. Inside. You watch what Paul does. You watch what Peter, you watch what, you watch what they do. Each one had a chance to mourn his sorrow, but they don't. This is probably one of my favorite songs that I want to play for us to worship with. And I say it because when Paul and Silas were in that Philippian prison, in the back, having been beaten to within an inch of their life, blood, wounds, around rats, urine, and the other stuff. Twisted and contorted into stocks. And the prison doors shut behind them. something else that took place let's worship together go ahead and lift that up David listen to the words I want this to fill the house chains were loose and they were free they said
Maybe you need a fresh rainstorm of the Holy Spirit. Washing, cleansing, renewing, replacing, retraining. We're going to play that song again. But we want to invite you at this time, as we, as we just continue to worship in the spirit of in this atmosphere of praise and worship, for you to find a place of prayer. Let the Holy Spirit reign on you this morning. Step out from where you're at this morning and be renewed. Be re Let's go after him this morning. Let's let him fall fresh upon us.
to sing their chains were loose and burned 